What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. You're going edit, to edit all this stuff out, aren't you? Or should I shut up and, and what this is a serious meeting? No, well, it, it, I don't think it was ever a serious meeting. Nah, <laughs> I mean, no, was, no. <laughs> I mean, um, I don't, no. we've never had a very special episode. We have never <laughs> had a serious meeting. Um. But yeah, well, so well, I guess we'll just get started. We'll go into it, right? Um, so welcome to Ace for Alcoholic. I am joined with my always co-host, Jerry Wagner Jr. Hi. And special guest, Jerry Wagner Sr. Hi, good afternoon. Um, so today's uh, episode was suggested by Jerry's dad, and it was, it is, uh, W, what, what, that you, what was it again? What was the exact phrasing, Jerry, senior? Why I'm still in AA. Why I'm still in AA. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a good question because I think it works for some, it doesn't work for others. People drop out, people go out as they say. Um, And I was thinking about this, uh, this, this morning and trying to come up with some sort of I'm always trying to come up with some sort of pithy, you know, answer or something like that. And I was like, you know, what do people usually say? Like, what is the typical stock answer? Give me a new lease on life, right? Like, oh, I got a new lease on life. And then I was like, well, what does that mean? Like, what is the lease and what is a lease? And a lease is just a new agreement that we still have to pay every single month or week or day as the case may be, Um, you know, but I... I don't think I didn't see any other way before, like in the throes of alcoholism. I mean, in the last good drunk that Jerry and I shared in like 2013 or something, like it was just, you know, sitting on the couch feeling like shit. And there was no thought of like the future other than I need to get home or I need to get to work so that I can drink again. And I feel like there's been this, like, oh, okay, there's not only is there a better way, but there is a, there is a right way to live life. And not that there's one specific way, but that things like accountability, I think we can all agree that accountability, that responsibility, these things are important regardless of how you choose to lead your life. Being irresponsible, being unaccountable has never led me to anything better than my next drunk in the past or even as a sober person it's never led me to feel good about anything (laughs) you know being unaccountable or uh irresponsible and so that idea of the lease 
is something that that occurred to me because we talk about one day at a time, um, daily reprieve. We have to go back in every single day and take stock and do the work and all that kind of stuff. And that was something that struck me as like, that's why I'm still in AA because it continues to work for me. Even if I'm not fully 100% committed going to a meeting every single day or every single week, the book is there on the shelf and I can reach back into it anytime I need to, you know? I mean, Jerry, uh, senior, you've been doing this for almost 30 years now. A little over 30. If I can stay, if I can stay, if I can, if I can hold out till September, it'll be 32 years. 32 years. Jeez. So, so then why, um, why do you keep going back? I mean, that's a long time. Well, uh, uh, Thank you, and 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 you know, uh, I think you summed it up eloquently. So I've, I've got nothing left to say. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> well. But you know, and, and I really wanted to, and 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 if, if I may, you know, um, uh, uh, just start in. But I, you know, when, when I, because I, I've listened to you guys' podcasts, and I really wanted to share with you, it's not about you know what a did AA did for me in the last you know 31 years. And, and how I got here and why I got here, you know, that that's there, you know, it's why do I wake up in the morning today after 31 years and really not waking up with the thought of alcohol on my mind or, you know, having to fight the, you know, having, having to fight the pangs of, of, uh, of, you know, wanting to drink, or, you know, as I say, even, 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 you know, thinking about, you know, going back to that crutch, it just, you know, it just doesn't cross my mind, you know? So what, you know, why, why, AA? you know, wh- why do I still stay active? Or, and, and, and believe me, I'm not that active. I mean, you know, but, but the, I, I really wanted to talk about step 12. You know, step 12 is having had a spiritual awakening as a result of this, this step. We tried to practice these principles in all our affairs. Uh, uh, I tried to carry this message to those who still suffer and practice these principles in all affairs. I think it's something like that. I, I'm mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. I you think I'd have it memorized by now, but uh, I'm, I'm lucky yeah, you're doing it. better than us too. So yeah, right. you know, as far as memorizing same, I the, steps, I got the same color socks on and I feel pretty good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I really, I really would, you know, if it's all right with you guys, I'd like to talk about, you know, what's going on today, you know, mm-hmm. because a, a lot of people, you know, after they get some time under their belt, you know, um, it is a, uh, you know, we start to treat it uh, like we did our, our, our spirituality prior to AA, you know, where it's just a spare tire, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we know it's there if we need it, but, you know, now we don't need it. It's not on our mind. And so that, you know, that's why I, you know, I wanted to talk about it a little bit. And, and of course, naturally, the, the, the primary thing is to stay sober because, I mean, I'm worthless to anybody. I, I, you know, I go back to the way I used to be. I, I can't help anybody else and I can't help myself. And, and, you know, believe me, it's you're, you're, you know, you're only one drink away from, from going back to, you know, every, everything that happened prior. I mean, I, I, I knew a, a dear friend of mine, um, I respect, he was older than I was. And I expect, respected him tremendously, uh, very successful in his life, very successful in his career. Um, uh, you know, he had so much going for him. He actually sponsored a building for us to hold meetings in down in Nogales because, you know, we couldn't survive on on 12 people putting a dollar in at, at a time, you know, to pay rent. And he, you know, he went and actually procured a building himself, you know, out of his own, out of his own money um, so that we could have meetings. And, you know, it was kind of like, well, that's, you know, that's not the spirit of, of a, and he says, yeah, it is, you know, I need to do this. And after 14 years, you know, he had a, a tragic incident with his son and he went back out and uh, 
he he corrected himself rapidly but you know after after that last bout you know he wound up dying from a heart attack right after that and uh, you know i i think that you know i, I think that that last uh, you know that last bout is what did it you know that all, all of the stress just was, was too much for his body but you know uh, the spiritual awakening you, you know we hope that everybody has an opportunity to feel that there are others that don't you know, I had a kid that I sponsored and he was a, he was a, a scientist, you know, like a 180 days in South in, in, in the Antarctic type scientist. And, uh, you know, he really struggled with the spiritual part of it. So, you know, we just went into, it's funny because I, I, I drew a dot on a piece of paper, you know, this giant piece of, uh, of, 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 uh, butcher paper. And I put one a dot right in the middle of one and I put a dot up in the corner of the other. And I said, okay, no, right now, this is you, you know, and this paper is the universe and that dot in the middle is you, you know, because you're the center of the universe, the paper over here, that little tiny dot way off in the corner, that's where you really are, you know, and so, you know, if you don't want to believe in God, let's, let's talk about, you know, you, you know, the prop, you know, your right place, getting right with the universe instead of getting right with God. And, you know, and he used that for a lot of years until uh, he actually had a, a, a real spiritual awakening. And it was funny because, uh, I asked him, you know, was, you know, being such a critical thinker, you know, was it a, was it a one leaf at a time? And he said, no, man, the whole burning bush hit me, you know, it's, it's, it's really a wonderful story. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's the way that, you know, this program works for people and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been to a great benefit, and, you know, for him and, and for all around him. But, you know, I, I, I'm not going to uh, uh, stress the spiritual awakening because it says having, you know, 12, the 12 step is having had a spiritual awakening. You know, if you haven't had the spiritual awakening yet or, you know, getting right with the universe yet, you're not a step 12, you know, so I, you, you got to go back and figure out which one you left out. <laughs> but Well, I but, think, you know, the, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say is I think there's, you know, you talk about burning bush and I, I think that Jerry and I both would put our spiritual awakening in this sort of grinding it out um column yeah you know yeah. it's it comes in these little spits uh little spurts fits and mm -hmm. spurts you yeah. know and spasms and like but every day it's like okay there's no there has not been some ephemeral epiphany it's always like all right let's get in here and find those little moments in the day where maybe god is saying you're on the right path and having to re really work to recognize those. And I'm not opposed to the work, but you know, the, I think, I think I was a little disappointed that I did not have a burning bush moment, <laughs> but I'm kind you, of coming to terms with that. You, you did. And, and that's what, and that's the term I used earlier, you know, uh, and, and the vast majority, I, I promise you, you know, the, and the one thing I've, I've seen through the experience of, of, you know, 30 years in the program is the vast majority of the people have their burning bush experience the same way you do. And we call it one leaf. I had the burning bush experience one leaf at a time. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 and I said it earlier, you know, where I had asked him if it was a one leaf at a time. And he said, no, I got the whole bush. Um, uh, you know, but figuring from his, his analytical mind that it would come in those little, you know, those, those little spurts, you know, mm -hmm. but, and, and that is, you know, that is the, what happens to the vast majority. And, you know, a lot of times it, it comes in hindsight, you realize that, you know, there was either divine intervention or, you know, or spiritual motivation or however you want to, you know, how, however it happens, you know, it's not like you're, you're, you're feeling it, you know, having those goosebelt moments, it's looking back and going shit you know, and, and realizing, you know, what had happened after the fact, mm -hmm. but yeah. the 12 step, you know, really is about, um, um, 
again, however, you know, however you have, uh, you know, your, your relationship with your higher power, whatever it is, whether, you know, it's God or the universe or Allah or Buddha or, you know, or, or the doorknob, you know, whatever it is, um, uh, you know, if you've gotten to that part, you know, to that portion of it yet, then, you know, that's what, that's when 12 step comes in and 12 step is just, you know, living life on life's terms, using the tools that the first 11 steps have taught you. And, and, you know, the, the rooms and the people in the AA have taught you and, you know, that, that, that carry that message, you know, carrying that message isn't necessarily going out and sponsoring people. I mean, that's a wonderful thing to do. And, you know, it's, it's, believe me, I mean, every kid I've ever sponsored has inevitably turned into my sponsor. You know, we wind up <laughs> eventually sponsoring each other because they teach you as much as, <laughs> you know, you get, you get as much out of the experiences as, as, as they do by, you know, by, by having you know, available to bounce mm-hmm. things off of. Um, I don't think I've ever been able to give any answers. It's just, you know, making sure that they're, they're, they're you know, uh, you know, I, I always felt my responsibility was making sure they were asking the right questions, but um you know, carrying the message to those who still suffer. I, you know, I, I, I've taken, I, I've taken my, you know, I've taken my path of, 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 of that 12 step and, and, and kind of taken it a, a little broader. And I think that I'm helping the people who still suffer by helping, by, by, by helping other people. And the reason I say that is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm involved in a, in the Episcopal church ministry here for the diocese of Arizona and we really, you know, we, we start, we do a lot of educational um, things, not necessarily for the person who still suffers, but to give support to them and to the people that take care of them or that love them. Because still, you know, in 2021, um, you know, alcoholism or drug addiction or substance abuse, overeating, anything, you know, any type of, of, of crutch that we use is looked at as a moral issue and not a medical issue, which isn't the case. I mean, right. a lot of medical science has proven the fact that, you know, this is a disease and, you know, so many people look at it as a moral issue. And so, you know, I mean, people suffer stigma because of it and that stigma, you know, one makes it difficult, uh, you know, their journey more difficult. But even more so than that, or, you know, the people who care for them and the people that love them, you know, I mean, you know, being in a, in a, in a church setting, an Episcopal church setting, you know, we would, we would run programs, so, you know, uh, uh, you know, to help educate people and at the end of them, you know, the, an, an, an elder woman would come up with tears and rise and in a whisper say, you know, my, my child is still out on the street. I haven't heard from her in five years type situation. And she said in a whisper because she was terrified that the people around her would, would hear it, that they might judge her, that she might have been a bad mother because, you know, of, uh, and that's why, you know, they, they, he, she, could, she couldn't fix her daughter type thing. And so, you know, we've, we've extended our, you know, adding support to the people that suffer and, 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 and those that care for them and those that love them, you know, to the public at large, you know, and, and, and we really feel like that's carrying the message because anybody that we educate, I mean, it's, it's, we want to be where mental health is right now. You know, if you look at socially, everybody's recognizing mental health is a disease and, and, you know, not to be treated as a, as a, as a stigma. Yeah. You know, know, somebody is going to counseling or, you know, somebody that, that, you know, needs that, 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 that help, you know, shouldn't be stigmatized. And, and, you know, what's going on right now in in the medical, you know, in society in general, in reference to mental health, I would love that, you know, substance abuse would be treated in the same way. So that's why we're, you know, in in my life, you know, uh, you know, carrying that message to those that still suffer. Well, you know, if, if they're added, 
you know, extra support because that person, you know, is, is on the bleachers cheering for him instead of being critical of him. You know, I feel like I'm being productive and, 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 you know, working the 12 step, mm -hmm. but you know, the, 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 the you know, the, the carrying the message, uh, uh, you know, to those, it's very important. And, and the personal satisfaction is, is, is a great motivator and, you know, keeping, you know, stepping out of self, and having the opportunity to, you know, to, to be of service to other people is yeah. probably, you know, the, the healthiest that I can be, you know, in, in my own mental health and my own emotional health. But, you know, I have to say, in all, in all seriousness, you want to talk about my spiritual connection with God, ask me, you know, two minutes after I took off my Santa suit. Mm -hmm. It's just fucking incredible. I never feel closer to God. Well, we need context on that. Though. That's the thing is, it can't just say. Was this this morning? Was that like, yeah. That's just how he waters the lawn, man. It was, no, it was, it was, it was, no, actually it was last night walking the streets, but. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about God. <laughs> you know, but, uh, um, you know, I've been very, very, very blessed with the, you know, the opportunities to mm -hmm. be of service in that way. And, uh, um, my AA sponsor for 26 years was, was an Episcopal priest and you know, his mm -hmm. name was Father Ed. It was down in Nogales and I was doing the program and, you know, I, I thought I was, uh, you know, I thought it was a, a pretty, uh, uh, I won't use the term tough guy, but, you know, I, I, uh, I, I ran with a rough crowd and, and uh, you know, Santa suits uh, to me was kind of a joke. <laughs> and he called me up and he says, you know, the, the clinic, they had a, a clinic for, for kids that had uh, uh, physical disabilities. They'd service about what there was once a month that people would come from all over Mexico and come to Nogales. And the U.S. Customs you should actually let, let them and their families cross the border, get on these buses and, and go to the church. And they'd see doctors from all over Southern Arizona. So it was a wonderful ministry. But uh, uh, the Santa they had didn't speak Spanish. And so Father Ed called me up and he said, get a Santa suit. And I, nah, you know, yeah, homie, don't do that. Was, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to say. And all as I heard from him was get a suit, click, you know, before I had a chance to say anything, right? So, man, the first time I did that, you know, and I was there for those kids and all of their brothers and sisters and all of their family, man, afterwards, I, I just cried like a baby, you know? And I, I, I have to tell you, I, that was probably one of the most spiritual experiences I've ever had in my life. And, uh, uh, you know, so, you know, being of service, you know, you don't have to worry about that spirituality because I, I really honestly and truly feel that, you know, being of service to others is that connection. That's how we are serving, you know, in, 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 in gratitude and in love. And, and you know, I think that the, you know, the spirituality, you know, just, just is intertwined in that. There's no way around it. It's not like, you know, I got to connect with God, you know, today. Shit, I didn't know how to pray. I still can't meditate. You know, I, I, even inside my, my brain, I'm, ch I'm chasing the next, you know, shiny, you know, it's, it's like rolling a, a shiny ball in front of a little kid. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can't meditate and praying was, was something I, 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 you know, 30 years later, I still struggle with. You talk about divine intervention. I, after in the program, I, I just couldn't pray. And, and I was blessed with a 1972 Dodge power wagon. That was the most cold blooded beast I've ever seen in my life. And you know, I turned the key over and I wasn't going anywhere for 20 minutes. So I decided, <laughs> well, you know, I might as well, you know, try to pray here. So I haven't had that, that truck in probably 25 years. I still pray in my car because that's, mm. that's what I learned. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Can I ask you, so going back a little bit, you said, you know, when they talk about the, the mother coming in and feeling guilty that she hadn't seen her daughter and wanting to be quiet about it because she was concerned that there might be some judgment on her. 
as the parent of an alcoholic, um, how do you balance the uh, knowing in the program, you know that it's a disease and you know that you can't control it. And then what I was, must imagine is there has been in the past some level of guilt for thinking. I mean, did you ever think like, gosh, I feel, I feel like I have failed my child in some way, but knowing that you, there was nothing you could do except to just wait. <laughs> like how does one balance those two things in their mind and heart? It's funny because I, I, you know, I, I know, you know, how Jerry got there, you know, and so I, I don't have to be judgmental of him. There mm -hmm. was a, a, a tremendous amount of, of guilt, you know, not just for him, but for, you know, my, my whole family, everybody around me, you know, um, I, I, uh, I, I really, that was part of the reason I was afraid to ask God for help because I figured, you know, karma's going to come back and just bite me in the ass. I've got, you know, and I, I, I better keep my distance from that guy because he's going to, there was, a, there was a cartoon of, of a guy standing on top of a hill and there's a cloud over him and, and out of the cloud, there's a hand coming down and it's got, you know, that finger on the thumb and it's just yeah. getting ready to flick the back of his head. So mm -hmm. I just kept on waiting for God to flick the back of my head because, you know, that's what I deserved for the damage I'd done to mm -hmm. the family, you know, and, and come to realize that, you know, there's a lot more grace, you know, in, 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 in this universe than, than I give anybody and everybody credit for, but there was guilt, you know, and so, when I had to make my amends, I realized that, you know, words are irrelevant, you know, and, 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 you know, I, I had to, I had to, you know, the example, cause I told my family a million times, ah, you know, I'm sorry, and I'm not going to drink anymore. You know, it didn't mean shit. So, you know, the, the, the people that I hurt the most were the ones that I was, you know, less likely to have uh, them, you know, feel my amends verbally, you know, so I had to do it by action. And my action was, you know, the only, I can't fix the past. The only thing I can do is, you know, not do a repeat performance. So every day, I, you know, I don't fuck up like I used to in the past was, you know, an amends to them. And, right. uh, you know, that was the only thing And I, you know, and I can to this day, you know, beat myself up with guilt. But, you know, I mean, the only thing I can do is, you know, move forward in a positive manner. And that's the most productive thing I can do. And, and if I yeah. do that, because I love my family. Uh, you know, that that's important. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was fortunate enough to, you know, to, to be able to blame my son for most of his shortcomings so I didn't have to hold responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, son. You know, yeah, um, yeah. I well, no, but you're yeah. right. I mean, it's like yeah. you, you, you have, you have done everything to rebuild the trust that may have been broken yeah. some 30 plus yeah. you know, years ago. So, right. And I, and well, I realize that, that Jerry's mm. sober in spite of me, not because of me. So, right. You know, I, every day say, it's like a shaking fist. I don't drink, you know, <laughs> but yeah. honestly, you know, my perspective of it was, I never obviously never placed blame on anyone for whatever, whatever it was, mm -hmm. because that's like blaming genetics, you know, that's like saying, well, why are my feet size nine and a half instead of size 11? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't be mad at anybody for that. It's just, that's the way it is. It's just, that is just what it is. The only difference is I picked up a drink to figure out genetically I was predisposed to this thing, you know, <laughs> but I already knew it. I could see it all down the line, but we already know it's complicated. It's all part of the culture and what you grew up in, even outside of my dad, though. It was just part of the, the culture we grew up on the border is very heavy drinking culture. So we drank. I, I, you know? I grew up swearing that I would never do to my kids what my father did to me. And mm -hmm. I, I think I, uh, you know, I think I did every bit as much damage as, as, uh, as, as what he did. You know, and the idea that every day that I, I wake up now and, and I don't have to be doing that, you know, is a huge plus for me. You know, well, yeah, but you, you've, done, you've done so much to not repair, but to help grow. 
right? Right. And to right. to help support. Right. And you know, yeah. uh, that your family. No, I I I I I'll go back to the Jerry Sober and Spider Man. <laughs> I've got absolutely no no credit at all. But it, and <laughs> but, but it doesn't really matter what the what the reason is, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's yeah. because of I you can, or in spite of you. I mean, it's as I'm, long as as long as I'm doing it, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, well, you know, maybe I can take credit because uh, you know, <laughs> to Jerry, Jerry thinking I don't want to be like that asshole. Fuck me. You know, <laughs> you know maybe I was inspiration. <laughs> maybe I don't. But I'm also like AA worked for that old guy too, so <laughs> maybe I should try that yeah. shit out. But uh, what do you yeah. think, Jerry Jr.? Um, like, why are you still in AA? Like, what is it? This, I mean, this is a really interesting topic because I know last week I gave you so much pushback on the spiritual aspect. And so, yes, this also to me feels like an example of that, of, of us talking about spirituality. Because last week we talked, you had started off talking about God and I pushed back really hard on you. Yes. And now all of a sudden this weird fate coincidence whatever we want to call it god i guess is now working through where my dad opens up and i don't know if he li- maybe he listens to last week's podcast and he's like i need to get this not, not yet right on god <laughs> but <laughs> it's just so funny i think the reason why i still work the program or work within or around the program is because it it really worked for me it's weird man because i think there is also the aspect of there's some fear in there too that i don't want to go back to how it used to be and I know that if I work the program, then I don't have to go back to how it used to be. Mm-hmm. Like if I just do it on my own will alone, I don't know if I can accomplish it. You know, this, this daily practice. So mm-hmm. f- for me working with the program, it's, it's just part of that daily practice of using those tools and then reaching out if it gets real painful or, you know what I mean? Or if it gets, life gets a little too much like life, you know? Yeah. 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 And that, that brings the third, the third segment of 12-step in, in, into the conversation, practices, principles, and all our affairs. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what does that mean? You know, we're blessed. You know, we're, we're really, really blessed with the opportunity to use the tools of the first 11 steps in our lives. You know, most people don't have that. You know, and, yeah. and, and, you, and you meet people, not necessarily in the program, but who have friends or relatives in the program, and they're like, why do they not make us learn this before we can get a high school diploma? You know, right. why doesn't everybody use these 12 steps? My God, you know, they're so functional. But it's true because somewhere along the line, and, and not because of me, I didn't do it. It wasn't a conscious thing. But somewhere along the line in, in working the steps, I woke up one morning and I stopped enjoying my anger. And I think I talked about this the last time, actually, that I shared with you guys. But the day that I stopped enjoying it, I stopped being angry so much. So mm-hmm. now, you know, when I'm driving down the road and I want that son of a bitch in front of me to pull in front of me so I can, you know, yell at him, I know it's not that guy in front of me. Something else is bothering me, you know. But for me, that's a bell, you know, that's a warning bell. But mm-hmm. that warning bell, I learn, you know, I, I have that in my toolbox from being exposed to the 12 steps or the first 11 steps, excuse me, if I'd never done the first 11 steps, I'd be enjoying the anger and, and not realizing, you know, what's going on in my life. So, uh, you know, in many, many ways, you know, practice these principles in all our affairs is, uh, is, is, you know, just every bit as strong as trying to carry the message because I promise, you know, if you're practicing the principles, you're carrying the message by a living example of what that message is. You know, a lot of people, I have to say probably the most influential that I've been, you know, in this program isn't sponsoring kids. 
it's somebody looking and saying, man, like Jerry said earlier, even that fuck up can do it. You know, mm -hmm. that's a strong message. That's a really mm -hmm. strong message. You now, the example mm -hmm. that, you know, that, that I've been able to, to set by, you know, by being blessed with this opportunity mm -hmm. is, you know, every bit as strong as me opening my mouth and saying, oh, I stopped drinking 31 years ago, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, again so you know practicing the principles is, a, is 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 very 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 strong but you know it takes you to the next level and i don't know if i'm, I'm hogging up the conversation too much but i really would like to touch on this for a little while because uh, uh, uh this is you know for me what aa means to me today is is really what i'm about to say and that is i'm at the point now where i i i am questioning my motives and it is a true blessing because I can do wonderful things for very selfish motives and I can do really crappy things for good and pure motives. But I had, uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, my sponsor, oh shit, my battery's low. Are you guys okay? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, I, I was, I was fortunate enough to, to be blessed with having father as a sponsor for 26 years. And this guy was the textbook example of good karma. He would step in horseshit and walk away with a pony every fucking time. And, and, and I, I, I said that it is eulogy. You know, I, I tried to describe mm -hmm. them and I used that line because it was true, but 30 something years into the program, I still can't do what he did because I, my whole life I've been goal oriented. I'm a salesman by trade. I'm always looking, you know, that it's a win and lose type thing. It's, you know, trying to grab that brass ring. I don't know if you guys understand that analogy. It was, it was big in my yeah. day mm -hmm. about riding the merry-go-round. There used to be a mm -hmm. brass ring. If you grab it, you got a prize, but, but, um, but you know, you, you chase that, you know, you chase, you know, you want to chalk it up on the wind side. And he absolutely didn't live his life that way. And here's a guy who was a salesman his whole life. He started out as a Hudson salesman, graduated, you know, worked his way through used cars. And, and you know, he was finally at a Mercedes-Benz dealership and, and, and he tossed it all in to go sell God. And that's what he did. He saw, you know, he's been a salesman his whole life. So, you know, he related to what I did, but he completely had a different mindset. And he had a mindset that he learned through AA. And I, I'm not there. And, and I don't know if I'll ever be there, but I can try to emulate it. But Father Ed could wake up in the morning knowing that if he did the right, the right thing, if he woke up and he just lived his life doing the right thing, the outcome was irrelevant. And I just, you know, I still shake my head. I, what the fuck, you know, who, who can live like that? You know, that, that, that's no way to live. You know, you got to keep trying if you, you know, the, the serenity prayer, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. But the courage to change the things I can, the serenity prayer actually is an old German prayer. It's a call to arms, you know, grant me the courage to change the things I can. And the serenity is, you know, it was, it was turned around. Mm -hmm. AA turned it, you know, reversed it. So it was even more the quote unquote serenity prayer. But the real thing was, you know, to have the balls to go out and do what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, uh, the, that, you know, that win or lose to me was, was has always been, or, you know, I would say win or lose, but, you know, reaching that goal was always, and, and still, you know, my biggest motivating factor, whereas he lived his life knowing and I'll repeat it, as long as he woke up and he lived his life the way it should be lived, and he did the right thing, the outcome was irrelevant. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I used to yell at him about stopping and helping people on the freeway. He always carried water and, and you know, here in Arizona, man, people break down in their flat, you know? Uh, so he'd always stop. And one time a, a university professor from the University of Arizona stopped on the freeway and helped a couple and they murdered him. And, and I, I called him out on that. And he says, 
if that happens, oh, well, I'm not going to stop helping people, you know, and and in all sincerity, that was, you know, he says, he said, oh, well, you know, that's not going to stop me. Mm-hmm, he would, yeah. he would, he carried around a bunch of $5 bills and whenever he drove and, you know, there's a guy on the street corner, he'd give him five bucks and I'd say, you know, he's just going to buy booze with that and go, oh, well. Yeah. I'm not going to stop helping people. Right. This is a man who was like a constant in my life too. It was just so funny to have like a family gathering and dad sponsored be hanging out. (laughs) And he was was an Episcopal priest. Yeah. He was a hell of a character, but it's just, it's so funny to know, to hear my dad talk about these experiences and to be, I know this person personally and Mm -hmm. I was drunk as hell a few times around him. So, you know, Oh, well, Oh, well, (laughs) you know what I mean though? Like, yeah, this it's yeah. I think that's a great mantra though. Oh well. Like as long as you're doing the right thing, oh well. Then and, mm-hmm. and I mean, you're right. It's a very difficult thing to wrap your head around. And I was struck too about what you said about enjoying my anger. Because mm-hmm. I was at work the other night and this woman I work with were waiting tables and she comes up to me not to say hello or how are you doing. She immediately goes into some diatribe about somebody who's not even there that night that she's angry that they don't do a good job. And I'm just like, Oh yeah, I don't know. And it just occurred to me that she was more interested in like fueling that getting the satisfaction from that anger. And I just was like, I don't even, this person's not even here. This happened two days ago. Why are we, this is not a topic of discussion now. And so I kind of just walked away from it. I said, okay. and, And left, but I see it a lot. And I feel it a lot and I've gotten a little bit better. You know, I don't, I don't like to feed into it because it doesn't go anywhere. Right. It's a, it's a poison pill. It's a shit sandwich. It's a, whatever you want to call it. It's, yeah. it's not any good. And it's like finding that you, like you said, it's a bell, right? It's a warning. Yeah. Oh, I'm angry. Well, it's not that thing that's making me angry. It's something else. We all, you know, enjoy watching and have a good laugh at all of the Karen memes that are that are on the internet, you know, and all the mm-hmm. videos that are on TikTok and Instagram and everything else. Yet we don't acknowledge the fact that um, that we, you know, that it's okay for us to feel that uh, you know entitled to the to, to the to the righteous indignation that we all can, you know, that we can all carry because we're right, you know. And, you know, that, yeah. that's, that they practice these principles in all our affairs. You know, one, one of those principles is, you know, reality is we're not, in, you know, as, as drunks, we're not entitled to righteous indignation. And I want to, there's a caveat to that. And, and, and I want to, you know, I, I, I want to explain, there's a, a book, uh, I'm, I can't remember the author, but the name of the book is In Search of Serenity. Mm-hmm. And and one of the one of the most powerful chapters in that is about anger. So this guy through the whole book, I thought he was talking about his substance abuse, and as it turns out, he never mentions it in the book. But he, you know, he was in a in an accident and became a, a quadriplegic. You know, after he after he already had part of his adult life as a you know a physically uh, functioning uh, human being, and so he had, he had a lot to deal with, not just you know not just the substance abuse, but um, uh, you know, he, he, talk, he talked about stuffing your anger is never going to cure it. You know, you're going to, it's going to manifest itself in something else. You're going to suffer emotionally. You're going to suffer physically. You can't just, you know, let go 
of your anger, you have to channel. So, you know, and, 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 and that's a, a great way for me to get angry because, you know, I have to decide, can I actually do something to correct what's wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the, that's the serenity. That's the essence of the serenity prayer. Can I actually fix this? And is it something that needs to be fixed or is it me? You know, but if it's actually something that, you know, if it's a wrong that needs to be righted, you know, can I try and write it myself? You know, if I can't, then I have to, I have to let it go. And it's not a matter of anger. It's, it's letting something external go. And the other thing is, you know, did I try to do the right, again, going back to doing the right thing, you know, when I did the right thing and, 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 and tried to, you know, set an example or do whatever I needed to do to try to, to write that wrong, the outcome is irrelevant. You know, and it goes back to. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh well. Um, Go ahead. And then I was going to say, Jerry, um, you when you talk about fear, like I'm here because I'm still afraid I might fall back on that. Do you think? I mean, that fear has waned in the last six years, right? I mean, it, I because I feel like in the beginning it was. It was it more profound than the start. Yeah, but it it's still a, there. I think yeah. it's more of a warning than it is actual fear. Fear, I think fear is the base root of it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't manifest itself in the way it did in early recovery. But I mean, I don't know what is early. I don't even know if I'm still in early recovery now. Do you know what I mean? But let's say in the beginning part where I was like physically dealing with the physical manifestation of withdrawal and all that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. that. Uh, but no, I don't feel that fear like not no. not as profoundly as i did in the beginning no no, no. it's still there though you know what it's it's caution it's it's kind of fearful caution it's like knowing there's a precipice there so don't so mind your step whereas in the beginning <laughs> right. yeah in the beginning it was more like i was hovering over it constantly and now i'm like at the edge of it going all right you know use the guardrail jerry like don't you don't <laughs> want to go down that hole again you know yeah 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 mm-hmm. um and it's just like i feel like there's, it's, it's definitely, it's shifted. There's more, I'm far more interested in being better than just digging myself out of a hole. Right. I'm not just like in the hole anymore. I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm low down there. Right. I'm on the ground Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to get better and I'm trying to find, you know, spirituality keeps coming up and God keeps coming up and finding that. Higher power, higher being, higher <laughs> uh-huh. sense of self. So my higher self, right? So what does that person look like and how can I be that person? Not because I want validations, but because it feels better because mm-hmm. I can get more done because I can just exist in a way that is more peaceful. So, right. but it's, it's true. Like we don't, I don't think that you need God to follow the program or get sober it seems to just happen regardless of whether or not you go looking for it or you you buck against it right it doesn't wouldn't it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt (laughs) wouldn't you because you even you who you know last week we spent a quite a bit of time talking about it you're like well it's still it's still there for you right even if it isn't prevalent every single yeah for you yes i do have a sense of spirituality i think when i was well i i've been just irritable as fuck lately but i think too what was happening was i was maybe i have to re-listen to what i had said but i don't know if i was pushing against the concept of god or the verbiage of the word mm. and so but even that is is splitting hairs it's six six one way half a dozen another to be mm-hmm. honest with you i think i just am a naturally resistant person now do i feel 
that, yeah. Like even within this podcast here, hearing my, my, my dad's perspective on it change, it doesn't change, but makes me reassess my perspective or study my motivations mm-hmm. for those things. And when I hear someone who has, you know, my dad's been, he's been through all kinds of shit, you know, he's, he's experienced all kinds of things, positive and negative, And still the constant remainder is not that he is drinking, but that he is working a program that at least helps him cope in some manner. And so that's kind of what I, I want and kind of what I'm trying to use, you know, I haven't drank yet, you know, and we've been through a ton of stuff. You haven't drank yet. None of us have drank no. yet. We've been through a fucking pandemic, dude. We both like lost our jobs. Like my state caught on fire. Like I was afraid Mine every too. day we were going to get COVID. COVID, <laughs> your state caught on fire. Part of my dad's state caught on fire. Do you know what I mean? Like I went through this multi-state move and, and it's been incredibly stressful, but I haven't drank and I can be miserable sometimes, but I'm just so happy that I don't have to drink it. I don't have mm-hmm. to drink it, man. I don't have to do any of that with diarrhea and a hangover right. and, a, and a migraine. Right. Or, or regret or waking up and being like, what did I do? Because I know we've all had that moment where you wake up in a hangover and went, what did I do? What did I yeah. do? Did I just, ch- I would check myself physically to make sure I didn't hurt myself. So I don't have to do that anymore, <laughs> at least in this time being. So I know, you know, those to me, even that shows me that there is some type of spirituality, some type of something bigger than me that's kind of compelling me to do these things, you know. Faith, faith isn't something that is an absolute and it's always there if you're not questioning your faith but you know the way you guys you know you talk about the, your relationship with your higher power or your spirituality you know it's perfectly healthy for you know to, to question it every day because if, if you're not questioning it how strong is it i mean do hmm. you want to do you want blind faith you know to, do you want to just trust blind faith that's that's trading a bottle for a bible yeah you know that the, the, the fact that i i i used to go to a, a retreat i was i was fortunate enough like uh, you know to be able to attend a retreat of clergy and recovery and here are guys that you know are god's representatives on this planet they're not the pope but you know they're god's representatives on this planet and you know um you would hear them talk man everybody questions their faith but that's a healthy thing you know i i feel like it's very healthy somebody somebody is questioning it you know is I, I don't know. I'm 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 at a loss of words of 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 you know just uh, waking up and and waiting for you know uh, it's God's will. I, I can't I, you know I, I can't I, I I can't relate to when people say you know well that's God's will. You know if, if you you know you're waiting for a sign from God to tell you what to do or what, no matter what happens it's God's will. You know you go back to that waking up in the morning and doing the right thing. You know, you got to be responsible. You either did the right thing or you didn't do the right thing. And, and you know, my my relationship with my higher power is to the fact of I thank them every day for the opportunity of today because I got a chance. You know, if, 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 if you know, if life was fair, I'd be dead. Okay, honest to you know, that's not I'm I'm not stretching it. That 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 is, you know, the reality of the situation. You know, so I feel like I've really been blessed with an opportunity. I have two older brothers that I never met. You know, they died before I even got a chance to know them. Uh, they died before I was born. You know, they never got a chance to, you know, to even be an adult. You know, and that I'm squandering hmm. it. Shame on me. You know, I mean, I have this opportunity, and so for me, I, I have a friend that's is is, is every. I, I was never diagnosed with it, but we kid each other about being ADD. It, it, it made a successful salesman. 
but um, uh, you know, he always when when I get in a, in a tizzy, I call him because he grounds me very well, and he always tells me, Jerry, he goes, Jerry, and he shakes his head back and forth, and he laughs and he's got this big smile, and he goes, you got to remember, right action leads to right thought faster than right thought leads to right action, you know, and and for us, it's true. You know, if we say that, you know, the, the most dangerous place on this planet for me is in between my ears, you know, I got to get out and do something. And, and, and that's that practice is principle. If I'm doing something and I'm doing it, you know, practicing the principles of, of, of AA, you know, again, good shit should happen. If it, and if it doesn't, it's not because I didn't try. Mm-hmm. But, um, the, you know, the, the, the idea of, of, you know, questioning your spirituality for me is is uh, for uh, you know and, and and for me it's fucking healthy okay it's, mm-hmm. it's that simple you know yeah, yeah it's, it's because if i'm not questioning it i'm not stepping up to the next level you know i'm perfectly comfortable being stagnant where i am and i you know if i think today i'm i'm as good as i can be yeah you know shame on me <laughs> anyway, right i'll get off my, i'll get off my soapbox no it's true it's i mean action dictates mood right? It's not the other way around. We can't wait until we're in the mood to get things done. Right. Like you said, if it's God's, we should just get started anyway. And then if it's God's will, he'll be there to help, right? We shouldn't wait for God's will to tell us or to show us, like, just get started with whatever it is that you need to do or want to do. And if it's God's will, he'll be there. If it's not, he'll let you know, (laughs) right? You'll you'll find out. Yeah. So yeah, and I I think one of the one of the big things, and you you know you touched on it before, was principles practice these principles in all our affairs and this sort of the broader scope of our life and making sure that we are behaving in a way in a manner not just in the room one hour a day or one hour a week or whatever it is you know. So I think that that's that's one of the most important things that I have learned is like okay take this outside of the first 164 pages. This needs to go with you to work and with your family and with your friends and with whatever relationships and money and all this stuff. So that's been something that's been really helpful for me. Yeah. I, 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 can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I feel like, you know, the program really has helped me to us, us sharing with Jerry a day before yesterday about, you know, I was in a, I went to go visit the guy that we used to work together and, and I, I always get a big kick out of, uh, um, you know, he, uh, he, one time I was asking him, I was asking the group that I, that I managed because I, I used to take a, a summer, you know, I'd, I'd go and take these courses in the summertime to try to, you know, to try to learn how to manage people because I, I never, you know, I, I never studied that in school. It was just something that I, you know, that I grew into. And I, I, I apparently didn't do it very well. So I, I remember I, I was reading out all these different classes that were available to me. And, uh, and, and one of them was how to give criticism with tact. And this one, one guy that worked for me raised his hand and said, I'll pay for that one. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, so, you know, today I wake up and I'm, you know, confident in the fact that I'm not as much of an asshole as I was you know, yesterday. And it's by the grace of God, you know, not because of me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, and we'll wrap it up here in a minute, but I think, I mean, that's really a great way to, to end things is by the grace of God. Maybe I'm not as much of an asshole as I was yesterday. I mean, that's I mean, <laughs> <laughs> to put it bluntly. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's my new bumper sticker. <laughs> right. I was going to say, that's going on the new podcast t-shirt. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, uh, yes. So I think that that's, that's probably the most succinct reason as to why I'm still in AA is because I don't want to be as much of an asshole as I was yesterday. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, I, and Jerry, thank you so much for, for joining us. Do you have any last thanks, words, thanks for me, Wagner? Yeah, really. Thanks for letting me share. I really mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, dad. No, it's just great perspective. I, even though we live in the same house, it's still, <laughs> it's good for us to sit down and talk like this though, because it does give me a lot of perspective. And here's the thing is when me and my dad start talking about this stuff in the house, the normies kind of get creeped out. So, <laughs> so to have three right. of us together in this, to do this is fine. But the normal drinkers in the house, you know, they're like, oh crap, they're going to put us in the cult. You know, they're so, like, oh man, I just wanted to have my whiskey. I just, not, dude, I just wanted my one seltzer. Right. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> dude, the, 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 yeah. The second Jerry and I start, you can hear the bottle start to crack open in the other room. Right. <laughs> there they go. <laughs> cool. Um, well, all right. So thank you very much, you guys. And then yeah, uh, we'll you. do this again um, next week. Yeah, I'll see you next week for why. Hey, thank you so much for letting me share. I really appreciate it. You bet. Yeah, thanks, Pop. Keep up the good work, guys. I'm proud of you both. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.